Welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of some amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm your host, Lowell Applebaum, CEO and Strategy Catalyst at Vistacova, who partners with organizations on strategic facilitation. It's my pleasure to introduce you to, if you haven't met her already, that we have today Beth Sermont, who's 360 Live Media's Director of Experience Design. I have to say the intro I'm about to read from you is one of the favorite that, that we've gotten so far. Beth has worked in both the corporate and nonprofit profit sectors. It's her job to be a project manager, experience designer, content curator, storyteller, motivator, leader, behind the scenes cheerleader, logistics director, contract negotiator, researcher, trend analyzer, innovator, visionary, partner, builder, thinker, problem solver, entrepreneur, and customer service specialist, sometimes all within the space of a single day. She's uh, been a certified meeting planner since 2008, a certified association executive since 2016, woohoo, and served as the chair of the ASAE Meeting and Exposition Council from 2016 to 18, and in 2017, she received the Association Forum 40 Under 40 Award. Hi, Beth. Hey, how are you? I got such joy from reading that. That was oh. amazing. <laughs> I like that intro. Thank you. Uh, so always when we start these conversations, you know, the idea of bringing on rock stars is that the people that we're talking to have some elements about who they are that make them amazing. Uh, and that's what we're hoping to hear about today. So we like to start with the question of, you know, of the things that make you amazing, that make you a rock star, what's one of your superpowers, somewhere that you are particularly skilled or excellent or intelligent, or just what do you bring that you feel like is one of your superpowers? Yeah. Um... Thank you for saying the word amazing so many times. That's a little <laughs> humbling and <laughs> weird for me. Um, but, you know, I, th I thought about this a lot. And I think, you know, I would call myself a super seeker. Um, I like to try things. And I think that's really been the key to my success. I feel like anytime I'm encountered with an issue or a situation or, uh, you know, trying to bring something virtual, um, that all I do is just I think there must be a way to do it. And then I just go seek out the information to find it, you know, Googling, putting pieces together, talking to people. Yeah. So it's, I'm usually able to find a pretty compelling workaround for just about anything that I want to do. I feel like the idea of seeking initially springs to me this idea of this balance of like seeking the unknown, right? So there's fear in there, like what is going to happen, right? And also the excitement of the anticipation of what you're going to discover. And like in the seeking you do, any of that, that like balance of like, what, how does that rise up in you? Do you ever feel the fear? Is it all the excitement? Like that's such a like interesting place of exploration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I live on the balance of fear and excitement every day now that you put it that way. Um, you know, I think, so I love to collect ideas. Like I'm always just looking for ideas and I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do with them, but I have, you know, websites I check every day, or I'm always taking pictures of things that I see or just writing stuff down on a piece of papers. And then what ends up happening is when I'm in that situation where I have to figure out something, you know, that idea bubbles back up to the top or I'm at least able to rifle through my folder or my notes and kind of say, Oh, if I put this and this and this together. So I think it's more, excitement than fear. Um, maybe I'm a little, I don't know, I w I'm pretty confident um, that I can always find the answer to something. So I don't think I'm, I'm ever really afraid to try anything. Well, the, okay, I got the practical question and then the follow-up. So the practical question is, I'm sure the one of the questions we're going to get are what are some of the, the websites that you check out often? So what, oh, what, what are your you top? You want to answer that? Yeah, what's yeah. one or two that, that you like? 
Yeah, well, so I, my background's in meetings and that's where my profession is. So PCMA and ASAE, I do their daily newsletters. I really like the download from MIT. Uh, that's a really good daily newsletter to give you lots of different thoughts and ideas. Um, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly, but the non-obvious trends person, Rohit uh, Bagarva, I think is his last name. Uh, he does a weekly email as well. And then Austin Cleon is one of my very favorites, K-L-E-O-N, if you're not familiar with him. He wrote a book called Steal Like an Artist. And every Friday he does an email that is just full of ideas and things he comes across. So those are some that I check out on either a daily or a weekly basis. I love the idea when you were talking before about like how you collect ideas and then like when you have a challenge, like it's like, which ideas can I piece together? Mm -hmm. There's something beautiful about like seeing the patterns emerge, right? Of mm -hmm. what you need in, in that way. How, how have you been able to sort of marry like the positions that you've had in your career to like that as a place of like strength or passion? So I think it all comes together in my job now, which is, experience design. So what I do today is I work with associations to help them reinvent and reimagine their events and reimagine the very idea of what an event can be. Yeah. Uh, and prior to that, uh, when I was at IEEE, the association I was working for for 14 years, um, I had a, a job there to create new events for IEEE. So I think my journey of, you know, learning how to do what I do and then becoming more of a strategic thinker about the possibility of events and associations bringing people together, uh, and then taking all those ideas and thinking about how to incorporate them into real life, actual things, yeah. um, you know, game shows, um, what else, uh, happy hours, um, you know, just bringing people together in different ways. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do is think about like, how can I get these people to interact with each other and have a good time and be productive while doing it? You know, we're in, we're in a moment, at least when we're talking, right, where there's still so much of like at home, uh, clearly meeting planner brain, thinking about how to do it virtually. It's on all the different blogs and articles, as you're just talking about, like ways to like bring people together in different ways that are meaningful. Anything that you've seen or, or designed uh, that in particular stands out as like unique or fun or something that's like not just another like someone talking head speaking yeah. at you. It's so funny. Um, there's like this pre and post COVID for virtual events. So, you know, pre COVID, it was this like webcast that maybe you watched while you ate your lunch kind of thing and yeah. you know, multitask. And now it's like the expectations have been either super high or people just cannot envision what it might look like at all. Mm. Um, and I think the key to a successful online interaction is just to have some intention around it. Like you don't just throw up some content and hope that people come and pay attention to it, but like, yeah things like this, like this dialogue, I think is great. And these sessions that you're doing, because, you know, we get to talk to each other. Um, it's not just uh, one person with a set of slides, uh, but then you're intentionally like trying to pull out ideas and tips and tricks and things so that the audience has actual takeaways. Like they will leave this being different in some way. And yeah. I think that's really what we try to do with live events too. Like I, I really think that when people come together, if they're going to you know, give up their time to come to a thing that you're putting on, then you as an organizer has a have a responsibility to make sure that they're different in some way when they leave, whether they're better at their job or they have that great idea or they've met that one person that's going to, you know, connect them to the next level in their career. Right. So all of that applies in the virtual space. It's just about how you put people together to do it. Um, so thinking yeah. those things through, that's what, that's what we help people do right now. I was having a conversation yesterday with a colleague that was talking about virtual experiences and there's a difference between the focus on providing content 
then they're actually the focus on providing the experience, like how you consume it, but then the intention of how you actually focus on, on providing the imprint, right? What's actually the takeaway from the experience of the delivery of the content you're hoping for and how each of those layers, right, actually derives to a more meaningful end. How'd you get into this all in the first place? Like, how did, <laughs> is, is IEEE where you started? Like, how do you discover a love for meeting planning and the association world? So um, I fell into meeting planning by accident, which a lot of people um, who are at uh, my level in my career are the same way. It was before you could go to school for it. I didn't even know it was a career. Yeah. Um, I moved to New Jersey after college. I thought I was going to be a writer. Um, I was not a writer. I <laughs> worked for some different groups and waited tables. Still could be. You still I could still be. could be. Um, but that's not, wasn't going to be my career. I was always good at just putting things together and being really organized. And I ended up taking a temp job with a uh, trade show marketing and design agency that worked with a lot of for-profits uh, and was in their meeting planning group. So that's where I started to learn about it. Um, as I worked with them longer and longer, I realized that I was drawn to more nonprofit work or not-for-profit work. So um, the opportunity opened up to work at IEEE, which uh, is just not very far from where I live. Yeah. So um, when I got in there, that's where I really grew up uh, in the association space, where I understood what it meant to work for an association, to be a real event planner, to think more strategically. And then that led me to joining ASAE. Uh, we had the option to pick uh, one association to have a membership with. And uh, most of the people in my group went for like an MPI or a PCMA because it was right. meetings focused, but I knew that I wanted to have a, I was more interested in association space in general. So I picked ASAE so that I could get, you know, both the meetings, but also the, all the other pieces that go, um, you know, with being an association executive. What is it about association that you've found interesting, that you find meaningful? Like, why that side? You know, I, <laughs> people have asked me that question before and I can point to like three or four different like actual moments in time where these things stand out for me. And so I remember when I went to my first ASE AE annual meeting and I was the um, meeting planner gets to come for free uh, that the ED brought me. And I remember sitting in the session and they had, you know, nice opening videos and things like that. And that was the first time that I realized what the power of associations really were. I hadn't really thought about it. Right. But that it's, you know, all these communities and the associations exist to make their industries and their communities better. And then not long after that, my mom got very sick. And um, I remember sitting in her room in the ICU unit and looking over and the ventilator that she was using um, was uh, manufactured by one of my volunteers companies. And it was like, all of a sudden everything fell into place. Yeah. Like it wasn't about planning like a finance committee meeting anymore, or, you know, just whatever the committee, it was like people come together to, share ideas and really make changes that will impact, I think, the world. And that's where I see the power of associations and that's what excites me about them so much. Yeah. There's, there's no other place where I think people come together who are like-minded, who care and are very passionate about a particular sector. And, you know, and they genuinely want to be you know, better at their jobs or they want to make their industries better. And I think that's where the magic happens is in associations when these different groups come together. No, I, uh, I believe it was a, a colleague, a friend, Greg Fine, who was talking about ones that uh, he also unfortunately fell ill when he went to the hospital. Uh, he specifically asked the nurse or doctor, like, are you certified by your association? Yes. Like, I, want, I want the one that's certified by yes. their association, right? <laughs> and so there's the community aspect, and there's also it's like a greater trust, right? Exactly. And what associations are exactly. coming forward. Uh, the transition from being inside an organization, right, to an external organization that helps many associations. Yeah. 
what made you decide to take that step? Oh man, that was a very difficult decision. So um, I'd been at IEEE for a long time and it really was a home for me. Uh, and I just wanted to go bigger. Um, so I had been attracted to... IEEE is not that small. I'm just going to say, oh, for those of you who don't enough. know, it's fair not enough. a tiny org. It is the world's largest professional association with more than 400,000 members around the, around the world. So no, it's not a small organization, but in terms of the scope, yeah. you know, I just wanted to yeah. do more. Um, and 360 Live Media, I was attracted to the organization through just their thought leadership. Um, I liked their vision for the, what events could be in the future. Uh, so after, you know, starting my work there and spending some time with Don Neal and really learning some things from him, I began to see even more clearly the power of events and how when you put the right people together in the right way, like I said, it's all about intention, right? These, yeah. these new things come up that never would have come up before because these two people never would have met each other. So, you know, being able to do that in the association space where all of that work tends to be, you know, for good in some way, shape or form, right. like, that is just so amazing to me. So I love that, you know, I've worked across multiple industries, multiple sectors. Uh, and I also let under... I like being able to see that I see trends across groups and I'm sure you work with many organizations as well yeah. too. So, you know, there are different types of issues that associations have and, you know, helping them solve and learn and grow from each other. I think it strengthens everybody. So it's been a really wonderful experience for me. I really like it. The, uh, the idea of the trends that emerge, but more so what you're talking about is like at the meetings, the connections that emerge, yeah. right? You know, I worked for a little bit for Society for Neuroscience. I worked mm. in these medical organizations. Uh, and it's amazing to hear these stories of discovery, right? Not, it's not the discovery that happens when they're sitting in a session, right? It's the discovery that happens at the happy hour. Yeah. When they're like, I'm working on this project, you're working on this project. Like fast forward 15 years later, and there's like Nobel Prize winners, right? From the yep. idea that happened and the conversation mm -hmm. that happened. Uh, from someone who focuses on meeting planning as like a place obviously of like passion besides innovation, how do we like getting speakers on a screen is easy, right? Yeah. Helping to make sure we don't lose the connections that we want our, those we're serving to make is harder. Mm -hmm. So you're doing like meeting design, anything that you see that like we should be embodying and trying to like making sure those connections still happen? Yeah, I think, you know, I think COVID in its weird way was, um, you know, it, it's forcing us to look at everything differently. And, you know, events are part of that, right? And as people move to translate their events online, one of the things we're all realizing is maybe we don't need that 45 minute happy hour. Like, you don't just throw people on, online and like a Zoom room or whatever right. without giving them something to do. Like, that's just not very meaningful. And so the most successful events that I'm designing and seeing are incorporating a lot of small group collaboration and conversation around specific issues or sharing ideas or problem solving. And that's something that I would love to see translate to the live space when we go back to it. I'm an introverted person. I really hate happy hours. I, I yeah. like happy hours. Don't get me wrong. But I hate, you know, just sort of receptions where you have to do all the small talk and it's fun, right. but you don't really feel like you get a lot out of it. So, you know, to be able to go to an, uh, an event and hear great speakers, get great ideas, and then talk to peers and have actual outcomes that I feel, again, they feel changed. I feel changed. The profession feels changed after that. I think it's just yeah. so much more meaningful. And so I'm hoping that that's something that we carry over back to the live space when we get back there. The, uh, I say that this is a moment that's the rise of the compensating introvert. 
because like for forever, right? Like introverts have had to like compensate to be like extroverts in the space. Now all of a sudden all the extroverts stuck at home have to be compensating introverts mm -hmm. to adapt to it. I mean, clearly like your vision, your direction, like you, you really are e easily able to articulate how you like hit the nail on the head of like what's important and how do we get there. Along your journey, I mean, who, is there a mentor or two or a leader or two along the way that like, that you reflect on and look to that was like helped you not just like have gained the positions you've had, right? But like gained this obvious like skill set and passion that's allowed you to like grow in the way you have. Yeah. I mean, so I mentioned Don Neal before, who is the founder and CEO of 360 Live Media. You know, he has really opened my eyes. Uh, he's a visionary. So, yeah. you know, being able to see what's possible and just think and approach the world in a whole new way. Uh, but my biggest mentor is uh, probably not a surprise, my wife, Elena. Um, you know, she's also in the association space and her journey yes. has been one that I've modeled. You know, she went from being a, you know, a director of a group all the way up to the executive level at a couple of different associations. She's been on the board of ASE. She's also a fellow, just like you, by the way, go, congratulations on being a fellow. Well, um, so, you know, I started volunteering at ASAE because Elena volunteered at ASAE. And I know a lot of people I know because Elena knows those people. And so just learning from her um, has been really, really helpful. Uh, she's, she's a really great association role model and a good, a good wife, too. Well, she, uh, I'll say for this interview, that's probably the right order, but I won't say outside the interview <laughs> what order that should be in. Uh, I might get in trouble for that one later. <laughs> what, what, I, what I will say is that uh, she is certainly another example as you look at her journey. I mean, where she's gone from inside organizations to the amazing work that she and Sherry Jacobs do at MUM is just like, like it's an inspirational journey to see like what that success looks like. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, can't believe the time has flown by so quickly. Oh my goodness. One, one last question, one last mm. question. You know, a lot of people who watch this are either burgeoning rock stars or looking to be, right? And so if you were to give uh, a piece of advice, like a, a thought to those that are, all of us are hopefully aspiring to be even greater in terms of like our capacity and what impact we can make than we are, what advice would you give to someone who's looking for like a North Star of how to become that? Yeah, um, I have this little mantra that I repeat to myself. So early on in my career, I was having just a tough time at work. I sent my dad an email and he wrote back to me and he said, just do your best because your best is very good. And I cut that email out. I like printed it and cut it out. And I put it on my desk and it's been at my desk at every job I've ever worked at. And I've got it posted on the wall right over there. And so when, you know, I can't, I think that like, I know there's an answer, but I can't find it, or I'm worried, or I'm stressed, or I just feel like there's too much going on. I remember, just do your best because your best is very good. And I think another way of saying that is just, just try, you know, yeah. seek out the answer, try things, um, embrace it. Um, this is our time, I think, to be trying things. Uh, so try it and your best will be very good. I love that. Well, I'm so happy you were able to join us today. Thank you Thank for you. coming on. Uh, Thank you as for having me. As always, thank you, thank you to Amy Hager, who's behind the scenes, been chatting with you as we've been chatting live and helps produce Association Rockstars. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. Uh, we continue to try to bring you a real diverse set of perspectives uh, and journeys along the way. And certainly if you have suggestions of others that should be appearing on here, uh, there's a link on the Association Rockstars page. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And until next time, Association Rock On.